Welcome to the Montgomery Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to grow deeper in your faith. If you'd like to learn more about MCC, you can visit our website at mcc.church. I am so excited. And listen, if you do not feel the presence of the Lord in this room, you need to go out and pray and then come back in. Right. Uh, and that, that might do it for you. I'm still not sure. But I uh, just wanted to be I'm so grateful for this moment, for this time. I want to send a shout out. Right. Because we know our students are over here with us. But what you guys may not have noticed is that we have some special guys come upstairs who are a part of our crosstown right now. But they are going to be incoming seventh graders and epic. And our sixth graders are joining us this morning. So they're worshiping with us. Show them some love. We're excited about that. So. We're super excited about that, and I want to send a shout out to some guys who aren't watching this at all. So I hung out with some guys yesterday, myself and Alex, our assistant student director, out at a campsite where our Pass Through Fire program, our initiative, is taking place. That's where fathers and uncles and guardians are with their, their sons and those young men that they take care of, where they are leading them in the development of becoming Christian young men. So they've been there all weekend. They can't see this yet, but they'll see it later. So make some noise for them because we're excited about what they're doing for the kingdom and how they're going to benefit MCC moving forward. So, okay, I got those out of the way. I wanted to throw those in real quick, Beth. You know, I had to slide those in, but I'm thankful to Pastor Phil for allowing me this opportunity to be in this space, to participate in this series with you guys. And I look forward to what we're going to listen to, hear from, what we're going to experience today. My prayer for you is that you draw into the word of God today. And the things that he's going to speak to us through his Holy Spirit and the work he's going to do through us as of today. Last week, Pastor Phil took us into this new series, Finding Rest, right? He helped us walk through several things. He helped us walk through all the stresses of the pandemic. He helped us walk through all of the things that, that people have been struggling with in their own specific ways, their own individual ways, right? And then he walked us through how stress manifests itself in some of those different scenarios. It might be headaches for some. It might be sleepless nights for others. It may be weight gain for some. It may be chest pain and fatigue for others, right? But um, then he took us through how we see those things and how many times people think that the solution is something that man can present. Many times we see all those things in our lives and we think it's something that man can uh, give us the, 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 the solution to. It may be a medication. It may be uh, we can go exercise. It may be that we can go for a long walk. It may be for some people the vaccine. Okay, listen, exercise will only do so much. The vaccine will only do so much. But true rest from the struggles and the, the things that ail us, the things that we fight with, are found in the true, true salvation or deliverance from those are only found in rest. That rest that can only be found in Jesus. Yes, rest. Okay, deep, abiding, life-giving rest. Uh-huh. And where do we find rest? Good question. You guys are off to a good start already. See, Jesus extended an invitation to all, right? He said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Mm -hmm. How many is all? All, that's right. All is all. And I'm thankful that all includes all because all includes me. Uh-huh. See, all includes me. And, and the sad part about this 
The sad part about this is that many people don't always recognize where their weariness is or the burdens that they carry. Sometimes people think they're supposed to carry the things they carry. Sometimes they think because you're my family, I'm supposed to carry that burden. I'm supposed to stand in that space. But oftentimes people don't recognize their weariness or their burdens. But today, as we continue through this series, Mona, I continue through this series, and I'm going to talk to you today about how we find rest from anger. Ooh. Okay, I'll be careful not to call people's names too much because I don't want people to think that I think they're angry. Okay, so I said it before I called Mona's name, right? So, so, so listen, listen, I'm saying anger. We're talking about anger and how do we find rest from anger? See, the first thing we have to consider and be willing to recognize is that anger indeed can be a problem. Mm -hmm. Listen to this. My brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Uh-huh. But then watch this. In your anger, <laughs> do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. See, see that Ephesians verse simply says that while we need to consider our anger, it'll come. It's not about the anger. It's about what you do in response to the anger that you experience. That's the bigger issue. See, we should be quick to do more listening and learn to speak a little less. My grandfather used to say, you've got two eyes and two ears and one mouth. You should do more looking and listening than you do speaking. That's what granddad used to say, right? But doing these two things will help you to control your anger. Amen. It absolutely will. According to James, we should want to control our anger because anger as it is from our human context does not produce the righteousness that God wants to produce in our lives. See, anger is a gateway to so many problems. I heard it said this way that anger is one letter short of danger. Yeah, I heard it one letter short of danger. That means if anger is around, danger is not far behind. If we're not careful, uh-huh. See, that's a good warning to remember that danger is not far behind because anger can cause a lot of damage and not just to your life, but to every person that could be connected to you. Okay. So let's walk through a few aspects of anger today. If you'll indulge me just for a few moments. See, anger is a physical response. Mm-hmm. Any person any angry person stirs up conflict, and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. See, in the Hebrew, the phrase um, hot-tempered one means uh, is translated as owner of heat. No, not the Miami heat. No, not your furnace at home, but the owner of heat. Here's my evidence. Think about the last time you got angry. Remember that you kind of got warm? You remember that? If you didn't think about it, you're thinking about it. Now your body got warm, right? See, your brain sends this signal, okay? And what happens then is adrenaline is released into your bloodstream and your muscles get tight. Uh-huh. Your heart starts beating fast. Your body has positioned itself for action. Now, preferably, we never get to action. Oftentimes, anger is trying to find somewhere to go. It's trying to find an outlet, okay? And we have to be conscious at how we process 
our anger. But there's more. There's more. Lindsay, there's more. See, anger is a secondary emotion. Uh-huh. It's a secondary emotion. See, anger is never the primary action. Something happens to cause the anger. Either you hear something, you see something, you become offended or you become distraught, and then you're angry. Something has to take place before anger sets up, right? So perhaps you've been so angry with someone at one point that you felt like you could kill them, maybe, right? But then you say to yourself, you say, self? Then yourself says, yes, DJ. Says, you know, we can't really kill someone, right? Because that's a sin. You know, the good thing is that that inner dialogue happens. What happens when it doesn't? So we know that, you know, that's not the thing to do. No one should kill anyone, right? But Jesus, Jesus pushes us farther on the issue of anger. See, in fact, he challenges us not only to, to look at the sinfulness of murder, but also the sinfulness of anger itself. Mm -hmm. I'll walk you through that. I'll walk you through that. Here it is. Listen to this. You have heard that it was said to our ancestors, do not murder, and whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Uh-huh. Whosoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. Whoever says you fool will be subject to hellfire. So if you are offering your gift on the altar and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, but we're going to unpack it, I promise. Okay, so listen to this. It's a no-brainer that murder is evil, right? That's a no-brainer. We, we get that. Thou shalt not kill. We, we get that. You know, uh, the concept that anger by itself can be evil is the one that kind of pushes us, Brett, to a, another place like, man, am I evil when I get angry? I'll clarify for you. See, it probably surprised people then, just like it probably just surprised some of you today, and you're thinking about the last time you got mad, and like, was I evil then? You know? If you can't say amen, just say ouch. It's okay. All right? But, but, but listen, I want to give you a little bit more clarity, give a, bring a little more clarification to what I'm saying on this subject. See, listen to this. Um, Jesus didn't say that murder and anger were the same, but he said they were both worthy of judgment. So we have to pay attention to the context that what we read is given. Then we also have to pay attention to the context and how we apply it, young people. We have to be paying attention, right? See, see, get this. I'd rather everyone in the room be angry with me as opposed to someone in the room murdering me. See, I can deal with everyone in the room being absolutely irate with me. But I couldn't handle if someone in the room murdered me. See, there's no coming back from the second one, right? But see, the point Jesus is making here is that we cannot dismiss anger and overlook it as if it's simply innocent on its own merit. What he's saying is that anger in itself is not innocent. Mm -hmm. And he goes farther still, right? Then he says, whoever says you fool will be subject to hellfire. Now, I'll tell you, I had to think about this, Pastor Phil, because we were you know, when we did just and unjust, I talked about the fool. I talked about how you can learn a lot from a fool, according to my grandfather, even if it's only how big of a fool they are. Right? Okay? So I had to think about that, and I was like, whoa, hellfire? Really? 
That's what I said to myself. But then I continued to read and study. See, hellfire is from the word Gehenna, okay, which referred to a, a trash dump just outside of the city of Jerusalem that burned all the time. That's where people took their garbage to burn it, right? So what Jesus is telling us here is that if we succumb to our anger, if we succumb to uh, uh, our own thoughts on anger and allow it to, to control us and dictate how we act, there will be a fire inside of us that will never be distinct, dis dis extinguished, right? You remember I told you when you get angry, you, you kind of get warm and you, you sweat a little bit, your nose may beat up, things like that, right? So imagine not being able to dispel or extinguish your anger. You may not have a heavy bag at home. You may not have dumbbells. You may not have, the weather may be horrible. You can't go for a run or ride your bike. So what do you do with that? You have to lean on God to be able to extinguish that anger. Mm -hmm. You have heard that it was said to our ancestors, do not murder. And whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or his sister will be subject to judgment. Whoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. Whoever says you fool will be subject to hellfire. So why is anger evil? Hmm? Why is anger evil? That's a good question, but it's a tricky question because we see that Jesus was also angry during his, his ministry. Uh-huh, uh-huh. See, see we, we, you know, we can read scriptures and see where Jesus got a little upset. You understand what I'm saying? Could you not pray with me one hour when he kept coming back and finding the disciples sleep? You understand? So, you know, you got, there were times where, you know, when, when they brought the children to Jesus and said, you know, he said, suffer the little children to come unto me for such is the kingdom of God. And whosoever does not receive the kingdom like these children will not get in. It's in the book. I didn't write it. Okay. So, so the Bible even says in that account, he got irate. <laughs> There's another passage where he says, he says, whosoever causes one of these little ones to stumble that believe on me, it would be better that there be a millstone tied around their neck and they cast themselves into the ocean. Okay. Nobody could really fathom Jesus saying, you ought to kill yourself, but go back and read it. <laughs> okay. That might've been too much for some people, but it's okay. It's okay. Listen, so, so, you know, some people may say Jesus, well, Jesus had righteous anger. Okay. I can see that because Jesus was sinless. Okay. So I can see where he had righteous anger, but we have to be conscious that we don't equate the same to us because he who knew no sin carried sin for us, but we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. So the two are not the same. So we have to be careful not to say that we have righteous anger. See, Jesus who knew no sin was identifying the sin in others. Ooh. So he acknowledged the sin in others and his entire reason for being here was to come bear our sins and die for us so that we could be uh, uh, restored back to the father and be able to live in holiness. That's what he came for. So his frustration was different. <laughs> so think about it this way. See, Jesus did experience the passion and the emotion of anger, but he never committed the sin of anger. Earlier, I read to you from Ephesians, it says, do not sin in your anger. Some translations said, be ye angry, but sin not, which means it's okay. It's okay to be angry. As long as you, it doesn't push you to sin. Mm -hmm. That's a whole other lesson. 
But listen to this. Meekness is the virtue that is opposed to anger. And Jesus said to us, he told us this. He says, learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. That's what he said, but there's more. There's more. See, anger, Jen, can be reconciled. Uh-huh. It can be reconciled. Listen to this. So if you are offering your gift on the altar and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled with your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. See, Jesus here, he's saying to reconcile an issue with your brother or sister is a hope. It's an expectation. It is what he desires for you to do because that's how your relationship with him becomes more pure. Mm -hmm. See, that anger can be reconciled between people and that Jesus believes so highly in this reconciliation. Whew, this is my favorite part of the whole sermon. Right, watch this. He believes so, so in, intently and so earnestly about reconciliation that he says this. Listen, he actually instructs us to pause our worship. He actually instructs us to pause our worship in order for us to make things right between us and someone else. Read it again with me. It's in the book. I didn't write it. I promise. So if you are offering your gift on the altar and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, you're in the midst of worship. You're offering your sacrifice of worship. And in that moment, you realize I, someone has an ought with me. So I need to fix it. Think about that for a moment. God is worthy of all worship above anything and anyone in this entire universe, but even he says, I'll sacrifice my worship for you to reconcile with your brother or your sister. Okay, okay, some of that will catch you by Thursday. But he says that I can move things the way I need to move things if you will pay attention. So as he moves through this, we look at this and we say, even in the midst of worship, God wants me to stop my worship, to set things right. Reconciliation is serious to God, okay? So we got to put things on hold. It's, and think about this. Is your worship really real if you have an ought with your brother or your sister? Because, see, he sees it all. We may be trying to figure out where we are. Or we may be fooling one another, but he sees everything. So if he says, pause your worship, stop your worship right now, and make it right with your brother or sister, that makes us accountable. So, of course, he doesn't mean only your little brother and sister. He means every person that you come in contact with and have interaction with. Oh, how I wish the church would get this. <laughs> oh, how I wish the church would do this. Because this would solve so many issues in the world today. And guess what? It would solve issues in the church as well. If we look for opportunities to, to really create and establish true reconciliation, uh-huh, if we would listen to understand rather than wait to talk. See, there are oftentimes we're having conversations with people, and when they start talking back, you go, you didn't listen to anything I said, did you? Because the, the, the place where they start speaking. But how good would it be if we all looked to respond, Solomon, rather than to react? If we postured ourselves to respond rather than to react, what a wonderful world it would be, right? It's a little Sam Cooke for those that don't know. Okay, but look, this is something that we should not only seek to do, but it's something that we should work hard at doing. 
right? There's, an, a, there's a, a responsibility that is placed on us by now understanding this. So everybody that had not read that scripture, <laughs> that just read it alongside of me, we are now accountable to seek reconciliation. <laughs> Woo. And guess what? They may not forgive you. They may not forgive you, but they will have to answer to God for that because you've done your part. Mm -hmm. But we should always try to reach reconciliation because it's important to God. But how do we find rest from, answer, from anger? That is the burning question today. Ultimately, church, it is all incumbent upon your relationship with God, yours, yours alone, not yours and your spouse's relationship with him, not yours and your family's, not yours and your children, but yours alone, this one this relationship alone, yours and his. And as we apply the word, see now you've heard the word and we've got an understanding of the word. Now we have to apply the word. Okay, because then when we, when we know better and we choose not to do better, then we just rebel. Okay. When we apply the word of God to our lives and our daily dealings, uh-huh, we build our relationship with God. And when we build our relationship with God, it makes us quit, Christian, to listen to what he's saying and to be obedient to his instructions. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is this. We should deal with our anger before God deals with our anger. <laughs> I would rather not be a person that God has to move. I would rather be a part of his will for my life rather than to be in his way. Okay. Come to me, all, of, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. See, my friends, Jesus... Um, he issues this call to us because he wants you, because he loves you, because he values you, and because he knows you. But the question is, do you know him? Truly know him. See, you'll only find rest when you believe in Jesus. Because he is who he says he is, and he can do all he says he can do. You'll only find rest when you come to Jesus, when you seek his forgiveness as you seek to follow him. You will only find rest when you listen to Jesus, submitting your life to the yoke of his teaching, right? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is what he's saying, church. He's saying that I'll trade burdens with you. I'll take yours and you can have mine because mine are light. So let's swap. Let's, let's switch. You ever seen? It's a, it's a meme that's been going around for a bunch of years where a little girl has a beat up old raggedy uh, uh, teddy bear. And Jesus is on one knee saying, just give it to me. I got something for you. And behind his back, there's this big old plush teddy bear, but she can't see it. So she's unwilling to give it away. That's how many of us are with our burdens. We struggle with the things that are happening in our homes. We struggle with the things that are happening that people are, we're afraid to tell people because we think they're going to judge us. But Jesus is saying, let me trade burdens with you. That's what he's saying. He said, let me trade burdens with you. True rest. We all want it. We all need it. So over these next few weeks, we're going to be walking through what rest does and how we attain rest and how we experience God's presence. So I charge you over these next few weeks, show up with an expectation, an expectation that God's going to lead us closer to his throne, that God's going to lead us closer to clarity and understanding about his word and how we apply it to our lives, right? A takeaway today or uh, the big idea, if you will, would be that true rest from anger is only found in Jesus. True rest from anger is only found in Jesus. So today and moving forward, take a moment. 
when you think about it. Stop and ask yourself. Consider places and spaces where you've had misguided or maybe even evil anger. I charge you to do your best to make those things right. Do what you can to reconcile. Do what you must to reconcile. Be quick to listen. Be slow to anger, but quick to seek resolution so that you can produce the righteousness land that God wants us to produce and not what anger produces because it does not produce the righteousness God desires for us. So that is our desire today in Jesus' name. Pray with me. Father, we honor you today and we thank you for in spite of all things, this is a day that you've made and we choose to rejoice and be glad. And Father, we thank you because you are just an amazing God. We thank you for uh, letting us down into the treasures of your word today for us to receive greater clarity and greater revelation and greater understanding about how we deal with and process anger. Help us to be the better for it, Father. Help us to apply what we've learned today and that it becomes a staple of our lives moving forward. Help us to remember that we may be the only Jesus that some people may ever see. So help us to be a true reflection of you. Help us to be all you would have us to be in this earth as we resemble and reflect you in all that we do. This is our prayer. This is our desire. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. You can stay connected throughout the week by following Montgomery Community Church on Facebook and Instagram. For more information about MCC, visit our website at mcc.church.